Good evening. It's a blessing to be here, and, I, and I'm very glad to be here. I'm very thankful for this opportunity to come before and, and be able to give a lesson and to be able to, to meet and greet with all of y'all. Uh, I've gotten to meet a ton of you, and I'm sorry if I don't remember y'all's names. Um, I'm, I'm usually pretty good with names, but meeting a couple hundred people doesn't usually go well for me remembering. You want to follow in your own Bible? We're going to be in the book of Joshua. We're going to be in Joshua chapter 1. And, and I got told that some of you that are in a different class have been going through the book of Joshua, and y'all made it to Joshua chapter 2 today. And Well, unfortunately, we're going to take a step back and go back to chapter 1. Um, hopefully it's a good recap. Hopefully you'll get a good lesson out of it. But as a typical preacher, uh, while the text is going to be in Joshua chapter 1, we're going to start in Matthew because, well, that's what we as preachers like to do. We're going to start in Matthew chapter 5, start in verse 13. It says, You are the salt of the earth, but if a salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? For it is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but they put it on a stand, and so it gives light to all who are in the house. And it says in the same way, let your light shine before others so that you may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. In the world that we live in today, and, and I feel for many of us as Christians we can agree on this, we live in a world that is full of, of darkness and a world that godlessness is rampant. And it scares many of us as Christians. It scares me as a Christian. We're fighting a spiritual warfare, a spiritual battle every single day. We have the voices of the world that, that speak evil, and we have to combat that with the good that we are called to do. And it, and it scares many of us as Christians. And quite frankly, many of us as Christians aren't sure really what to do about it. For many of us as Christians, we sometimes lack the, the courage to do something about it, but yet we're the ones who are called to be the light. And the call is clear for us to Christians. We are supposed to be this light in a world that's full of darkness. That's a difficult thing to do. It's a difficult thing to let your light shine. But there's one thing that I want to encourage you with this evening. And that's this message of courage. And we have a call to be strong and courageous. And you find this verse, this, you find this uh, phrase in Joshua chapter 1 four different times. And each time it brings forth something of a reason why you should be strong and courageous. So a little bit of background before we get into the text. Joshua was the successor to Moses. Moses has just died at the very end of Deuteronomy, and Moses or, and Joshua has now stepped into place as the new commander of the Israelite army and Israelite people. And then God leaves a charge for Joshua to obtain. You see, God tells Joshua that he needs to lead the people into the promised land. Not only that, that he's going to conquer all the enemies that are there along this way, and then at the end of it, he's going to have to distribute this land to all of the people. There are, those are three major tasks for Joshua to do. It's a very frightening and daunting task that Joshua is going to have to go up against. And so because of that, God is going to tell Joshua, again, no less than four times in the first chapter of Joshua, to be strong and 
courageous. He says, be strong and courageous as you face the task ahead of you. Be be strong and courageous as you feel the evil that is going to be going on in this world. Be strong and courageous as you answer God's call for your life. But the the main question that comes up is, how do we do this? How do we be strong and courageous? How do we find the courage that God has called us to do? How do we find the become brave enough to be a light that shines in a world that's full of darkness, how do we gain a holy boldness to be salt in a decaying culture? I hope as we go through tonight, you'll see how God presents this idea before Joshua of how to be strong through all of it. So look with me in Joshua chapter 1, starting in verse 1. It says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I had promised to Moses. From the wilderness of this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, the great uh, sea toward the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give to them. In these first six verses, you have a, a very strong sense of the promises that were promised to Moses that are now being promised to Joshua. And because of that, Joshua is now called to be strong and courageous. So if you want to find courage to be a light to the world, then first trust in the promises that God gives you. You go back and, and you look. You see that every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I had promised to Moses. There was a promise of land that they would possess. You move on from that. It says, just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Never will I leave you, nor will I forsake you. He has a promise that God will always be there with him. And based off of those promises, you see in verse 6 where it says to be strong and courageous. We find the courage to do God's work when we rely on. On him and trust in the promises that he's promised to us. But here's the thing most people will look back and say, well, those promises were just made to Joshua. You know, they don't apply to us today, but brothers and sisters, they apply just as much today as they did to Joshua. You look at these beings trusting in God's promises. You look in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, it talks about, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last of time. Brothers and sisters, we are promised the same thing that Joshua was. We have an inheritance. We have a land that we are going to. And in fact, our land is so much greater than that 
of what Joshua was promised. We have a land that will never be defiled, it will never be perishable, and it will never fade. And it's being kept in heaven for us who believe. God also said that He would give us His power, that through His power, that salvation is being guarded. And because of that, we have this call to be strong and courageous through that. You look at Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. It's the very end of verse 5. It says, For God has said, I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. God has made those same exact promises to Joshua that He did to us. We have those same promises. And because of that, we have a call to be strong and courageous. We all share that promise as followers and believers of God. So if you want to find this courage to be light in the world that's full of darkness, then first trust in God's promises Secondly, you have to obey God's precepts. Look with me in uh, Joshua 1, verse 7. It says, Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have very good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then I will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Joshua is being told here and commanded by God to always leave the word of truth on his lips, saying constantly talk about me. He talks about constantly meditating on it day and night. It means constantly think about me. But here's the, why, why is that so important? Why is it so important that we constantly talk about God? Why is it so important that we constantly meditate on the Word? It's so that we're careful to do exactly according to all that is written in it. When we don't meditate, when we don't think about the Word, when we don't talk about God, when we neglect to do that, we neglect to do what God has commanded us to do. And in doing so, we lose the courage to be the light in darkness. It's God's charge to Joshua in Joshua chapter 1, but God charges us with the same exact thing in James chapter 1. It says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourself. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at himself intently in the mirror. For he looks at himself and he goes away, and once he goes away, he forgets what he looks like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty and preserves, being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. James says that someone who's just someone who listens to the word and hears the word but neglects to do it, neglects to constantly speak about it, neglects to actually do what God has commanded him. It's like a person who looks at himself in the mirror and realizes that he needs to take a shower, he needs to shave, he needs to take care of himself, but he turns away and walks away from the mirror and doesn't make any necessary changes. 
and in doing so, doesn't do what he's supposed to. The mirror for you and I, brothers and sisters, is the Word of God. When we look into the Word of God, when we meditate on it, when we constantly talk about it, it is our mirror for how we are supposed to live and in what manner we are supposed to do so. Brothers and sisters, the Word of God tells us what needs to be corrected in our lives, but not only does it tell us what needs to be corrected, it actually tells us how to correct it. We don't have to worry about how we're going to figure things out. It tells us what to do. But many times after seeing ourselves in the mirror uh, of Scripture, we walk away and we don't make the necessary changes. We walk away from it. We, we, we say, we'll do it later. Uh, this is something I can take care of later. And it never gets done. But it's when we hear and we receive and we practice the Word of God. That is when we will be blessed in our doing. That is when you will find true wisdom and skillful living. When making the changes that are necessary in your life, that is when you find the courage to be a light in darkness. You look at the third thing. We're going to get into Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. And for those who don't know me, which is most of you, this is my favorite verse in all of Scripture. Joshua 1.9 has always been my favorite verse. But if you want to become strong and courageous, trust in God's promises and, and obey God's precepts. Thirdly, rest in God's presence. Joshua 1.9 reads, Have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous? It says, Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Not some places, not every so often. Your Lord, your God will be with you wherever you go. God says to Joshua, don't be afraid of the task ahead of you. Why? Because you're not alone. You're not doing this by yourself. I'm with you. Brothers and sisters, doesn't God offer us that same exact promise? Not only is this speaking in relevance to Joshua 1.9, speaking in relevance to everyday life. Look at the Great Commission. You look at the Great Commission in Matthew 28, starting in verse 19. It says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And then we always forget about this last little part. But it's probably one of the most important parts of all of this. It says, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. It's the presence of Christ in our lives. It's the knowledge that Christ is with us that will give us the courage to go and do what we are all called to do. And that is to go and make disciples. Also known as being a light in a world full of darkness. We are fighting a battle every single day. Good versus evil. Light versus darkness. What the world tells us versus what Scripture tells us. 
We are fighting this battle every day. And for many of us, it gets discouraging when we turn on the news or we go into different places of business or whatever it may be. And we go in there and all we hear is the evil that is going on in the world. And not only is it discouraging to hear the evil, it's even more discouraging to hear that the evil the world is putting out is being celebrated as being good. It's discouraging. And we feel alone. We have our brothers and sisters in Christ here. But when we're out in those situations, we feel alone. But brothers and sisters, it is the presence of God in your life that will carry you through those situations where you feel alone. It is what will give you the courage to do what God has called you to do. If we only understood who was with us, who was always there, would we still be afraid to introduce someone to Christ? If we only understood who was there, would we be afraid to help someone grow in Christ? If we only understood, would we be afraid to help equip someone with the knowledge to do the same? If we only understood who was on our side, what could this world throw at us that could stop us from being light? This is a calling for all Christians. We are to go and make disciples, but we don't have to do it alone. Because Jesus said, for always I am with you to the end of the age. Do you need the courage to fulfill that call? Then first, trust in God's promises. Second, obey God's precepts. Third, rest in God's presence. But the fourth one is a little different. You are to receive support from God's people. The first three involve a, a, a communication and a reliance on God solely. But the fourth one is where the church plays the most important part. It's a, a place where you can rely on the support from other brothers and sisters in Christ. You look back in Joshua chapter 1, starting in verse 10. It says, And Joshua commanded the officers of the people, Pass through the midst of the camp and command the people, Prepare your provisions, for within three days you are to pass over this Jordan to go in to take possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving you to possess. Skip down to verse 16. It says, And they answered Joshua, All that you have commanded us we will do. And, as, and wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we obeyed Moses in all things, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your commandment and disobeys your word, whatever you command him shall be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. The three times prior in this chapter that we see this phrase, be strong and courageous, it is God commanding Joshua to be strong and courageous. But this is the one time that the Israelite people come forward and tell Joshua to be strong and courageous in what he's doing. Joshua is receiving tremendous support from his fellow brothers and sisters, from his fellow brothers and sisters in God. And it gives him great courage. But brothers and sisters, you and I are supposed to receive support from the same exact place 
Look at Hebrews chapter 10, starting in verse 24. It says, And let us consider how to stir up one another to, go, to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. We have a call to encourage one another. We have a duty and a responsibility as brothers and sisters in Christ to support one another in this spiritual walk. You find your courage to fulfill call, your call, your uh, God's call in your life through the support that you receive from your brothers and sisters in Christ. When life's get rough. When life gets hard and you see the power of Satan constantly at work in this world, and I'm sure for all of us we see it going on every day. When we see that, we don't need critics to criticize how everything is terrible. We don't need critics of how we, we should be doing this better or doing that better or I wish the government would do this or I wish the church would do this. We don't need critics to come and analyze everything and tell us what we're doing wrong. What we do need, though, is people who will encourage us, be supportive, so that the church can get to where it needs to be. To be a light in darkness. We don't need critics telling us how we need to do it better. We need supporters who come and stand beside us and do the work with us. It always goes back to the, the running joke of how to change a light bulb. How many people does it take to change a light bulb? And I'm a band nerd. I'll just be honest. I played tuba, so I get to say this because uh, I wasn't a trumpet player. But it always comes back to how many trumpets does it take to change a light bulb? Usually it takes about 20 of them. One person doing it and the other, the other 19 telling them how they could have done it better or, or criticizing them for how they actually did it. For those who don't know much about band, trumpet players stereotypical, have a big ego for no reason. So, so that if you didn't understand the joke, hopefully you did now. But when it comes down to it, I worry that we as people in the church may be doing the same thing. Or you have Christians doing the same thing of telling us, well, you need to do this better, or you need to do that, instead of coming and standing beside us to fix it. The church is supposed to be of a place of encouragement to us. It's not supposed to be a place where we come and we bicker about one another, or we go and gossip about one another, or we go and we back talk one another because someone did us wrong at some point. The church is supposed to be a place where we come and we get reminded of who we are in Christ and who we are supposed to be. And not only are we reminded of that, we have the support from our brothers and sisters to become that. The church is a place that should give us the courage to fulfill that call in our lives. If you want the courage to fulfill the call, to be a light in a world full of darkness, if you need to find that courage, then I hope that you trust in the promises that God has put before you. I hope that you obey His precepts of constantly hearing and talking and meditating and doing the Word of God. I hope you rest in the knowledge that you have God's eternal presence that will never go away.
And I hope that every time that you walk through one of those doors, and even when you're not in here, that you receive the support of your brothers and sisters in your spiritual walk. God wants us to be strong and courageous. He calls us to be so that we can fulfill the call within our lives. But I'm thankful that he never says we have to do it alone. To be one of the hardest things you'd ever do. Like I said, Joshua 1.9, my favorite verse, it says, Have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous? It says, don't be terrified of what's going on. Don't be discouraged by everything that's going on out there. Because I, the Lord your God, am with you wherever you go. So no matter how rough light gets, no matter how many times you try to be a light and it just doesn't go right, realize that you have a perfect Savior who is right by your side, walking with you through it all. This evening, if you are in need of accepting the call in your life, if you have been not been baptized and you want to accept that call and accept the challenge that God has put in before you in your life of going, therefore, and making disciples after, if you are in need of help in any sort of way to fulfill that call, whatever your need may be, I encourage you to come forward as we stand and we sing.